0: The scripture reading today is from the 11th chapter of the Gospel of Luke, verses 37 to 52. While he was speaking, a Pharisee invited Jesus to dine with him. So he went in and took his place at the table. The Pharisee was amazed to see that he did not first wash before dinner. Then the Lord said to him, Now you Pharisees clean the outside of the cup and of the dish, but inside you are full of greed and wickedness. You fools, did not the one who made the outside make the inside also? So give for alms those things that are within, and see everything will be clean for you. But woe to you Pharisees, for you tithe mint and rue and herbs of all kinds and neglect justice and the love of God. It is these you ought to have practiced without neglecting the others. Woe to you, Pharisees, for you love to have the seat of honor in the synagogues and to be greeted with respect in the marketplaces. Woe to you, for you are like unmarked graves, and people walk over them without realizing it. One of the lawyers answered him, Teacher, when you say these things, you insult us too. And he said, Woe also to you, lawyers, for you load people with burdens hard to bear, and you yourselves do not lift a finger to ease them. Woe to you, for you build the tombs of the prophets whom your ancestors killed. So you are witnesses and approve of the deeds of your ancestors. For they killed them, and you build their tombs. Therefore also the wisdom of God said, I will send them prophets and apostles, some of whom they will kill and persecute, so that this generation may be charged with the blood of all the prophets shed since the foundation of the world, from the blood of Abel to the blood of Zechariah, who perished between the altar and the sanctuary. Yes, I tell you, it will be charged against this generation. Woe to you, lawyers, for you have taken away the key of knowledge. You did not enter yourselves, and you hindered those who were entering. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to God. God. Will you pray with me? Compassionate God, all creation delights in your presence through your word. May the wisdom of your Spirit bring understanding into our minds and truth into our hearts, that we may see how to praise and serve you and love you through the example of your Son, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Those of you who know me well, those of you who listen to me week after week, you know I do broad-range sermon planning about six months out So six months ago, I chose to preach this Sunday, this very Sunday, on a passage where Jesus refused to wash his hands. That's funny. That is really funny. (laughs) The Holy Spirit clearly has a sense of humor. What an odd passage we have today. The Pharisees accused Jesus of not washing his hands before eating. Something we've all been taught to do since we were little. I remember my mother checking to see if my hands were damp. Smelling them to see if I had used soap. You couldn't get anything past her. She was a nurse. And right now, I don't know all about about all of you, but I'm washing my hands like never before, especially before I eat but compulsively at other times as well. My hands are raw from all the washing and hand sanitizing I've been doing. So why is Jesus not washing his hands before eating? What is the deal here? Did Mary not teach him anything about proper hygiene? The Greek word for clean in this passage is baptizo. Baptizo, can you hear the... Word, the Greek, in the Greek word, can you hear the word baptize? This hand washing that the Pharisees are complaining that Jesus is not doing, this hand washing is not the kind we've all been practicing, making our hands raw, trying to keep them clean and COVID-19 free. This is ritual hand washing, a ritual cleansing, not to wash away dirt or germs, but to wash away sin, you might have committed since the last time you ritually washed. The Pharisees tried to call out Jesus on his behavior. These were the same guys who've been trying to set up roadblocks in Jesus's ministry from the very beginning. Here they were, religious men, supposedly the ones who cared for the people, but what they cared for was law and ritual. As religious men, they needed to publicly obey the law. But these guys, they didn't just obey it. They exceeded it. They fasted longer than anyone else. They tithed more than anyone else. And most importantly, they made sure everyone saw and knew that they had followed the laws and rituals more strictly, more precisely than anyone else. They were hindering Jesus from his ministry of love and justice because their hearts of stone only saw Jesus breaking laws and disrupting rituals. They didn't see Jesus's tender heart that loved the people, all the people. So Jesus came to town to eat dinner with them at their invitation. His feet and hands were undoubtedly washed by slaves for cleanliness when he entered the home. And when it came time for the ritual cleansing or baptizing of hands, Jesus declined. Let the games begin. The Pharisees accused Jesus of not observing rituals. And Jesus called the Pharisees on their own behavior. He told them, you can't change what's inside of you simply by washing the outside. That won't change your heart and your soul. If you want to truly transform yourself, it will take more than that. Rituals, especially empty ones, will not work. Empty, showy rituals will not soften a heart of stone. Friends, what a time we are in, right? I, I long for our rituals, I long to stand in the entrance and shake your hand. I long to give you a hug, to hear about your week from a closer distance than six feet. I long to pass the peace with you. I long to hold your hand and sing our final song with you. I even long to hold up a sign-up pad and pass it down the aisle and ask everyone to touch the same pen and the same piece of paper to pass it down the row without fear of contamination. Would Jesus call these empty rituals? I don't know. Maybe he would. Maybe we have begun to take all those steps for granted. Maybe we were dialing it in just a bit, going rote, not really engaging the liturgy with our hearts and minds and soul. But you know What? After this imposed separation, I'm not sure any of us will ever take any of those rituals for granted ever again. These rituals, even if they had become a little bit empty for some of us, these rituals, once we get to be together again and do them together, I can't imagine them becoming empty. The absence of these rituals has softened our hearts, haven't they? I mean, wouldn't you love to reach out and grab the hand of the person sitting in the pew next to you, not the person you've been socially distancing with? They don't count here. Don't you long to hold the hand of one of your church family members, someone you love but have not seen, at least for the past two Sundays? So, what do we do for now in our social isolation? We make new rituals. I think temporary ones rituals that will fill that empty hole until we can be together again our community has already experienced virtual worship a virtual church council meeting and tonight we will hold our first ever virtual small group lenten class so it got me thinking knowing that this is temporary that we will at some point get back to gathering together with one another what if Instead of a burden, what if we transformed how we think about this social distancing? What if we allow it to transform us a bit? Lynn Unger wrote a poem called Pandemic that I want to share with you as I think she she absolutely gets this idea. What if you thought of it as the Jews consider the Sabbath the most sacred of times? Cease from travel. Cease from buying and selling. Give up just for now on trying to make the world different than it is. Sing. Pray. Touch only those to whom you commit your life. Center down. And when your body has become still, reach out with your heart. Know that we are connected in ways that are terrifying and beautiful. You could hardly deny it now. Know that our lives are in one another's hands. Surely that has come clear. Do not reach out your hands, reach out your heart. Reach out your words. Reach out all the tendrils of compassion that move invisibly where we cannot touch. Promise this world your love for better. Or for worse, in sickness and in health, so long as we all shall live. The Pharisees, they criticized Jesus for not performing public rituals that they felt were somehow necessary. But Jesus, he turned it around and he said, What isn't what you do? It isn't what you do, but how you do it that matters. Are you engaging your heart of stone? In this time of Sabbath, are you allowing transformation to take place? I went on a walk with my dog the other day and I was pretty stunned at the changes I saw already. There were not many people around. The ones I encountered were all keeping our distance. One man walked way out in the rough to avoid me and yelled, Six feet, keeping six feet of social distance. But there were other changes too. It was quiet. It was the time of day when people should have been driving to work and school. I think I saw one car the whole time I was walking. And I couldn't hear that constant hum of traffic that's typically present. There were no airplanes flying overhead. You never really notice that there's an airplane noise. You filter it out, but when it's absent, you notice that. You can hear the absence of noise. And what filled that absence was the sound of birds and crickets and other animals scurrying in the brush. All those softer sounds that have been masked by the cars and the airplanes. And it isn't just the wilderness that's changing, it's people and families too. I heard a mother out on the street encouraging her daughters to puddle stomp, to stomp in puddles and splash each other, get each other wet and muddy. She has plenty of time to deal with the mess now. I heard a father playing some kind of game in the backyard with his kids. He would roar like a monster, and they would run away, squealing and giggling, a game he would have missed if he had been at the office. Hearts of stones are beginning to soften. I don't usually do this, quote, long pieces from other authors in my sermons, but like many of you, I've been spending a lot of time reading on the web this week, And I bumped into another piece by Kitty O'Meara, who wrote, and the people stayed home and read books and listened and rested and exercised and made art and played games and learned new ways of being. And they were still, and they listened more deeply. Some meditated, some prayed, some danced, some met their shadows. And the people began to think differently, the people healed and the earth began to heal. And when the danger passed and the people joined together again, they grieved their losses and made new choices and dreamed new images and created new ways to live and heal the earth fully just as they had been healed. So what are we learning from this imposed Sabbath ritual? I wonder if we will be like the Pharisees. Will we treat this odd imposed Sabbath time like an empty ritual and not allow it to soften our hearts? Will we carry on with hearts of stone once it's over? Or will these changes soften our hearts towards all of God's creation, towards one another? Amen. Friends, there's an invitation in the way our world has suddenly changed. Frankly, I don't think we will ever go back to the way we were because life as we know it has changed. We have changed. We are left to grapple with how we will allow it to transform us. So today, as we sing our song of confession, I invite you to pray for this Sabbath time we all have now and how it might transform and soften our hearts of stone. Come as you are ready, place all that you have experienced that has hardened your heart at the foot of the cross. Let's just see if we can, harden, if we can soften our hearts of stone.